Let's work. Yo, it's go time, show time, never back in downtime. One shot, yo, make it count, yo. Crunch time, shine time, make this moment my time. Get a grip, yo, ready, set, go. We bring the thunder. Bring the thunder. Step into the spotlight, get lit, yo. Let yourself go. Our time, high time, gotta go big time. This is it, yo. Never take no fight time, grind time, take it to the street time. Turn the roof off, get loco. Game time, win time, we gon' bring it home time. No regrets now, let it all go. We bring the thunder. Good evening and welcome to Mountain, ba- Mountain Bears. I'm Ace Knight, and with me tonight is Techie Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing pretty good. How are you this evening? I'm all right. Yes, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. A little weird world we're living in. The energy is weird. Hello, Miss Shannon. Hello, Shannon. Oh, that's a good one. I, you know, he has one of my favorite songs. Uh, one of my favorite praise songs. Okay. Yeah. Take me to church. Oh, well, there's that one. Yes. It's there a wonderful that. song for a ritual. Okay. It is. Alrighty. Hello, Miss Brenda. How are you? Nice to see that you're caffeinated. We want to know what y'all are drinking, how your week has been. This is a Friday fun day show. But it's been an interesting shit show around here. Um... To say the least, but let's start with our flashback to 1932. Take it away. Which flashback to 1932? The uh, bank failure? Yes. All right. So Silicon Valley Bank, um, because AP crappy title here, one of Silicon Valley's top banks fails, assets are seized. The bank is literally Silicon Valley Bank. Um, so yeah, regulators rushed Friday to seize the assets of Silicon Valley Bank, um, as it is marking the largest failure of a U.S. financial institution since the uh, height of the financial crisis almost 15 years ago. Um, it is the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history after the collapse of Washington Mutual in 2008. I missed one, man. Uh, uh, really? Well, fair. Um, so the bank served mostly technology workers and venture capital-backed companies, including some of the industry's best-known brands. Um, quote, this is an extinction-level event for startups, said Gary Tan, CEO of Y Combinator, a startup incubator that launched Airbnb, DoorDash, and Dropbox, and has referred hundreds of entrepreneurs to the bank. Quote, I literally have been hearing from hundreds of our founders asking for help on how they can get through this. They are asking, quote, do I have to furlough my workers? Oh, there appeared to be little chance of the chaos spreading in the broader banking sector as it did in the months leading up to the Great Recession. The biggest banks, those most likely to cause an economic meltdown, have healthy balance sheets and plenty of capital. Nearly half 
of the U.S. technology and healthcare companies that went public last year after getting early funding from venture capital firms were Silicon Valley Bank customers, according to the bank's websites. So literally half or nearly half mm -hmm. of tech and healthcare companies that went public last year mm -hmm. were funded by Silicon Valley Bank. Right. So that's 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 kind of a big yeah, big, big hole, big void there. Yep. That they're leaving behind. Shopify, venture capital firms. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very big. Very big. Internet TV provider Roku was among the casualties of the bank collapse. It is said, uh, it is said in the regular filings Friday, about 26% of it is cash. Four, mm -hmm. 487 million was deposits at Silicon Valley. Roku said its deposits um, with Silicon Valley are largely uninsured and it doesn't know to what extent it would be able to recover them. Yeah. Um, so as part of the seizure, California bank regulators uh, and the FDIC transferred the bank's assets to newly uh, a newly created institution the Deposit Insurance Bank of Santa Clara. The new bank will start paying out insured deposits on Monday. Then the FDIC and California regulators plan to sell off the rest of the assets to make other depositors home. Right. Um, so yeah. So yeah. there was unease in the banking sector all week with shares tumbling by double digits. Then news of Silicon Valley Bank's distress pushed shares of almost all financial in institutions even lower Friday. Right. The failure arrived with incredible speed. Some industry analysts suggested Friday that the bank was still a good company and wise and a wise investment. Meanwhile, Silicon Valley bank executives were trying to raise capital and find additional investors. However, trading in the bank shares was halted before stock market's opening bell due to extreme volatility. Shortly before noon, the FDIC moved to shutter the bank. Notably, the agency did not wait until the close of business, which is the typical approach. The FDIC could not immediately find a buyer for bank assets, signaling how far, how fast depositors crashed out. Right. Oh, the White House said Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was watching closely. The administration sought to reassure the public that the banking system is much healthier than during the Great Recession. No. Um, pardon Sorry, I disagree with you, Yellen. Janet, well, you have faced off a few times, and you suck. You can't predict interest rates for shit. Fair enough. Um, well, and I like. Mm, I have a hard trouble with that, or a hard time with that sentence myself. Mm -hmm. Um, for a different reason. It's like I don't think it's wrong. Uh huh. With the caveat of if you ever thought that our current banking system was a healthy, safe, no. intelligent, well-functioning machine to begin with. Sure. Well, let's take the largest bank in the world, Chase, of course. Is it? Yeah. I, I never keep track anymore. Like, you know, I, I don't know. 
you know, the revenues are up, the, the dividends are nice and profitable, but no, they're, they're operating in that 31 to 32 range, which isn't correct. Okay, the 31 to 32 range? Uh-huh. I, what do you mean? Meaning their stock should be based, should be priced around 250 to 280. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if someone was smart and was day trading today, mm-hmm. they would have bought it when it was 128 and fuck out of it Monday morning. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I will. But, you know, this, we had a discussion last night because, you know, you guys will notice a new series popping up on my channel on budgeting. Mm-hmm. And you made a comment to me like yesterday. And I'm like, uh, no, we don't do that. Okay. Well, I don't have a problem with $5,000 sitting in the bank. I do. Oh, I have no problem with that. That's FDIC insured. I don't care. That's going like, to take 60 days to get back. And that can be fine because our secondary item needs to be opening a secondary bank account at a secondary bank. Yes. That that is basically an in case all else fails, like lessons from my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Have a spare bank account. Have multiple um, spare bank accounts. You know, it's not like you have to have a life savings in there. It's just when you have one primary bank account that your payroll goes into mm-hmm. that all your bills come out of mm-hmm. that you're buying groceries and shopping at stores and doing all the things mm-hmm. um lots of things can go wrong right um so if that's what you're gonna do mm-hmm. then you need to also look at having just a little extra money mm-hmm like not not a life savings not right. not enough to go on vacation with right but enough that if something goes totally wrong mm-hmm. with the, with your primary bank right you have another one to go okay this will get me to work buy me a pack of cigarettes so i don't kill anyone mm-hmm. and get me a cup of coffee right just enough to keep you from losing your shit. Mm-hmm. You can go calmly talk to your normal bank right. about what's the problem. Yeah, because here's the problem. This is the other thing I'm looking at. Hell, I'm going to bring it up. It's scary. If you know how to read a graph, it's scary. I know that some people don't. No, that was a slide. Share screen. There we go. Well, it's getting there, I guess. Uh, Here we are. All right. This is the main holding company for the bank, the depository. This is the shareholding depository. It is okay. now 64% down after market. It is well, and that's 0.64%. Yeah. Because it looks like its range for the day was at $25. What's its one year? Like year to date. Okay. It's not doing horrible. It's doing terrible. Well, no, because the scale on that is from 20, what, three something? Sorry, this I'm having trouble. Year to date. Yeah. One year. 
it's been a volatile year and it looks like what last uh summer was ugly Ooh. Ooh. once upon a time this like, is, okay right here right here mm -hmm. yeah march 16 2000 was its lowest point okay so i remember what march 16 2000 was no that's 2022 because you're in five year I know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at March okay. 16th, 2020. Okay. That's its lowest Sorry. point. Its lowest point mm -hmm. was, it was down, like below $24 a dollar. Okay. That is, yeah. Not good. Not mm -hmm. good, guys. We are still close to that low mark. And this is how Chase's depository is working. I don't even want to see what Silicon Valley is. Mm -hmm. Top sharing. Yeah. Why not? Well, it looked like uh, the rest of Chase's Max timeline was like it was. It had a pretty moment. Mm -hmm. Like it's only recently come down. Right. Well, I'm starting to wonder how much of that is just we're losing confidence in banking. Right. Traditional brick and mortar banking. Right. And the bullshit that it is. Right. Because I mean, realize we, we've been dealing with some banking policies and those have come up for debate. Mm -hmm. Um, even the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau thinks some a lot of this actually is bullshit. Right. Um, a lot of this is like 30, 40, 50 year old policies or right. older. That have ballooned, ballooned into service fees that are ridiculous. Right. That are borderlining loan sharking. Right. Now, this is why I'm going to repeat that the best bank in the world, they have a really bad interest rate, though, is uh -huh. Frigidaire and um, Whirlpool. Okay. Um. I... <sighs> See, I struggle with that one, and I understand it. My grandparents were there. They were there. Um, like, we had the Ford chest freezer in the garage that at one point had a ungodly amount of money in it. Mm -hmm. um, wrapped up like it was like a flipping beefsteak or something. Mm -hmm. um, at least my father got my grandmother to go deposit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because that does start to become a scary thing to have large sums of cash right. on hand. Additionally, we have unfortunately created a catch-22. Right. Is if you, like, you are limited in some directions as to what you can pay for cash. Right. Or pay for using cash. Um, and certain amounts start to draw massive attention. Mm -hmm. And if you're driving on the wrong road mm -hmm. at the wrong time of day and you meet an officer who knows the words asset forfeiture mm -hmm. mean that he gets a bigger paycheck mm -hmm. or new toys, mm -hmm. um, you can unfortunately find yourself having to prove you're not involved mm -hmm. in illegal activity, right. which is a really hard negative to prove mm -hmm. that you're not doing anything illegal. Right when you're dealing with cash. Right. Because you have to show where the hell did you get money 
right. that you have this cash mm -hmm. without doing anything illegal. Right. Hmm. Um, and sometimes that, that's a lot harder than one would think. You're right. Especially when you're trying to account for every penny of it. Right. Like it's it's an ugly system that in you know, as much as we like to you know talk about that whole in God we trust all others pay cash. Right. Um, cash won't buy you everything. Right. Like it is the weirdest system that we are now in. But right. anyhow. Alrighty. So I always hate to hear that a bank has uh, defaulted. Um, I'm going to say I don't think it'll be the last one we see defaulted. Mm. That's why I say bank small, bank. And when I mean bank small, if our account gets to $10,000 in any institution all together added up, we're going mm. to another institution. Okay. Why? Why? Because I want money in multiple areas of accessibility. Okay, no, I'm fine with that. I thought you were meaning we were leaving our bank entirely. No. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Historically, mm -hmm. historically, mm -hmm. um, and it bears out on our, our actual bank. Right. Um, they are so conservative right. in their lending. Right. The it would take a wrecking ball of disaster right to to topple them right they're they're not going to grow big mm -hmm. it, it takes them a lot to grow in a long time right. um but they're not gonna they're not gonna be the next chase manhattan um right. because they can't be they they don't take risks that big right so you know, my yeah. problem is when they get ate up by chase manhattan you know, I'm really surprised Diamond wasn't on the phone to FDIC, Janet, and going, Janet, can I please buy it? Please, please, <laughs> let me have the cookie. Let I'm sure cookie. he was. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure was. they're going, have you not understood the words antitrust, you dumb son of a bitch? We'll form another company. We'll call it Manhattan Chase, Republica. <laughs> we'll call it Silicon Chase. Yeah. Oh, like I'm sorry, you know, he is like a, a diabetic kid in a candy store anytime he sees a bank available for sale. You know, all right, so <sighs> we're gonna move into a serious story, and then we're gonna have another segment called Politics Are Shit Stupid This Week. So, <laughs> this is an interesting one. We've talked about you taking uh, metformin for your skin. Yes. This is interesting. Is metformin the new wonder drug, I wonder? Yes, and we do want to thank Brenda for sending this one over to us. So from The Hill and Newsbreak, uh, diabetes drug proves beneficial in preventing long COVID in clinical trial. Uh, COVID-19 patients who took the diabetes drug metformin for two weeks after a diagnosis were less likely to develop long COVID-19 symptoms, according to results from a clinical trial. The trial enrolled about 1,000 participants who were symptomatic with a COVID-19 infection for less than a week. Participants were randomly selected to receive a placebo or one of three drugs. 
metformin, ivermectin, and flavoxamine. About 6% of people who took metformin later developed long COVID-19 as determined by a medical diagnosis. In the placebo group, 10.6% of participants developed long COVID-19. This meant that overall people who took metformin were 42% less likely to develop long COVID-19 compared to people who got the placebo. The authors also note that the beneficial effect is potentially stronger for people who started taking metformin less than four days from symptom onset compared to people who started the medication for more days after their first symptoms. Um, so there, the, the theory here is metformin may help prevent long COVID-19 by reducing inflammation and oxidative stress or by suppressing production of the virus, according to laboratory studies. Um, the participants who received the two other drugs, ivermet, uh, excuse me, ivermectin and fluvoxamine, did not see any benefits in terms of preventing long COVID-19. A uh, limitation of this trial is that it only included people who are ages 30 to 85 and who were overweight or obese. In addition, a larger clinical trial would be needed to gather more evidence on whether the benefits of taking the drug are consistent. So there, there's a few things going on there. So these were people that were overweight between the ages of 30 and 85 who were, I'm assuming, not diagnosed as either diabetic or pre-diabetic previously. Right. Um, who were short-term put on metformin mm -hmm. um, after onset of symptom. So it really doesn't speak to people who are already on metformin. Right. Though one could extrapolate there may be benefit there. Right. I wouldn't guarantee that. You know, like your mileage will probably vary on that. And it looks like percentage-wise, the comparative was six point. What was that? Six percent of people who took metformin later developed long COVID, um, compared to ten point six percent of placebo patients. So yes, it cuts your risk of development by forty-two percent, but it looks like your development in the greater population is about 11% of people developing long COVID. Mm -hmm. Granted, long COVID, uh, not not your best COVID, not your, your primary choice for the day and not a good place to be. Right. So, like, it's still a 1 in 10 risk, 1 in 11, something well, like that. Well, here's the question. I'm looking through a lot of comments. Mm -hmm. And this is what gets me, okay? Because we had some French studies that said smokers weren't getting COVID, were recovering faster from COVID or not catching COVID. We had mm -hmm. studies that say that now metformin, um, and then we had studies in the U.S. Of course, for, for you go, know, oh no, you're wrong, you're wrong. Smoking is the most dangerous thing in the world. It's got to be the most dangerous thing in the world because if we tax it, we've got to have taxes, a reason to tax it, moral well. tax code. Um, and then we've seen diabetes drugs that they're using to treat diabetes used for multiple things, including weight loss. I don't, you know, metformin is a nasty drug. Looking at it from a biological level, it is a nasty fucking drug. Okay. Okay. 
when not used properly, when overused, when not, you can't just start and stop it. It can be very dangerous in general. It pisses your liver off. It can <laughs> damage your liver. So this 14 days of metformin got, got me questioning. Okay. Well, now there are sometimes that medications, like I, I know generally you don't want to start and stop it. All right. I think that more so has to do with long-term use. Like if you've been on it for five years, you don't just mm -hmm. want to flip a switch one day mm -hmm. and go, oh, I'm going to go off of it for two weeks. Right. And then, oh, I'm going to hop back on. Right. Like that's not a, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. Right. Um, however, like there, there are some, you know, medications and I'm not saying this is one of them, just that this does occur mm -hmm. um, in, in which short-term use mm -hmm. can be okay right um, you still want to do all your normal monitoring right um and no you don't want to keep yo-yoing someone on and off this med like once right. you do it once you really need to consider it the second time and the third and the fourth right. if you get to that stage of like okay what are we doing right but what i'm fearful of this study doing is doing the same thing we have seen with the injectable medication Everyone starts, oh, you got COVID, let me write your metformin. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. And then the FDA is going, oh, you can't produce that much metformin. Well, some of it is that. Some of it is also the realization that I think we're taking a larger look at um, uh, modeling. Mm -hmm. um, and, and literally looking at viruses and, you know, bacteria and like all the things. And I think we're looking a little more at using older meds mm -hmm. or pre-existing meds, stuff that's still right. on the market or, you know, easily on the market again. Right. Um, and looking for, okay, but what else could it do? Right. Like, did we miss some stuff? Like, you know, hi, we ran metformin through and what? Good Lord, how old is metformin? I believe it came out in the 40s. Really? Mm -hmm. Good grief. I didn't think it was that old. Like, did it? Sorry, I'm just looking up real quick because I'm like, I'm curious now. And it's like, okay, like, I did not, I truly did not think it was that old. Right. Like, um, so Metformin and, oh, oh. Actually, metformin was discovered in 1922. It is 101 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, French physician John Stern began the study in humans in the 1950s. It was introduced as a medication in France in 1957. And the United States in 1995. Mm -hmm. That's why it seems so new to me. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's interesting is it's also known as goat's rue. It's what? It's known as goat's rue, a traditional herbal medicine in Europe found with rich. Oh. Yeah. In which 1918 was shown to lower. Okay. Now we're getting into some more of the herbal, you know, ace and no shit shit. Well, yeah. And a hundred years later. Uh huh. Like, oh, I wonder what else it does. Yeah. Um. So yeah. It, did you know though? It is currently the third 
most pr commonly prescribed medication in the U.S. with more mm -hmm. than 92 million prescriptions. Yeah. Sweet yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. 92 million people right. in the U.S. are taking metformin. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Right. Like, that's a lot of a lot. Oh, good Lord. So, yeah, type 2 diabetes, polycystic ovarian system, diabetes and pregnancy, weight change, uh, life extension, Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. Like, that's everything, like, oh, yeah, that's everything it's being currently actively prescribed for, mm -hmm. in addition to a few other off-labels. Yeah. And now, mm -hmm. like... I don't know. I think we're starting to to reevaluate these meds because again, you know, the 1920s and the to 1950s, mm -hmm. even the 1990s, um, I we were not doing the kind of modeling we're capable of today yeah. to know like potentially what all the med could do at various dosages and what all systems it may be interacting with. And especially if we're not paying a lot of attention to the data from some of the studies on it right. to figure out, oh, funny thing, it does X. Right. Or, you know, a lot of our patients who have, you know, that are using metformin mm -hmm. don't seem to get sick from this or don't seem to have this problem or whatever. Mm -hmm. um that that's a lot of where these studies end up going sometimes mm -hmm. i mean that's that's sort of how we ended up with viagra mm -hmm. we tried to make a better cholesterol med or excuse mm -hmm. me a better blood pressure med mm -hmm. inadvertently made the cure to erectile dysfunction mm -hmm. here you go right um you know because they like they did a study and a bunch of little old guys with high blood pressure went well, it's not doing a lot for my blood pressure. Yeah. Except downstairs. And well, then it's like, meh, five out of five, please let me continue taking this. Well, and another, um, you know, drug in the same vein mm -hmm. is helping with neuropathy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's weird, and I, I still sit here and I go, how much of this is, is scientific knowledge and how much of it is like, I don't know why it works, but it fucking works. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm, I really think sometimes we're struggling to give definition mm -hmm. instead of legitimately saying, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I know what it can do, at least to an extent. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily understand why it works for this right. or what role these things have to do. Cause sometimes some of these research studies for the off-label uses right. are really stretching. Right. Well, it's, and you know, it's not really stretching. It's really paying attention. And what I really have a problem with is that we have European medication <laughs> that have been used for a while and I'm talking 100 years to treat X, Y, and Z. And the U.S. is like, nah. 
you can just do that with this gun. Well, yeah, it's sort of like the the U.S. waited seventy years. Uh -huh. Well, excuse me, excuse me. So, nineteen twenty two developed Metformin, nineteen fifty, mm -hmm. or I believe it was nineteen fifty five. Yeah, no, nineteen fifty seven. Something, whatever the fifties. France got Metformin, mm -hmm. and then. 38 years later. Yeah. The US went, oh, we'll approve that. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, one that really speaks to the 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 slowness that our FDA has had in approving drugs sometimes. Right. Well, you know, and that's like when we got together and I had to explain my, you know, and you were trying to understand my medications and why I was taking this and this and this and this. You were like, but that's not what that's used for. That's not what that's used for. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, but this is what we if use. If you for. combine this with this and this and this, you basically create a cocktail. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And I'm still sitting here going, can I pull it back apart and explain it to someone? Of, Well, yes, he takes that mad, but not for that. Right. It's actually a combo of meds that he's taking, and this med plus this med plus this med mm -hmm. creates this med, mm -hmm. and then, right, you know, based on a med that that hasn't been produced since the 1950s, mm -hmm. in because the in the U.S. Right, um, and then this med plus this med makes this other med that hasn't been produced since the 60s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like this this tree branching of like okay right. and all of that slams together and yes it's a giant pile of pills but yeah. none of it treats exactly what you think it does right like it's you like, know let me see your RA medicine okay here's my two muscle relaxers here's my pain medicine here's my anti-neuropathy uh, medicine here is my um, compound medication for the nerve pinches and stimulations and here's the the random looking seems legit mm -hmm. you know or your age range that okay you're starting really early but okay cool yeah like blood pressure med or cholesterol med or whichever one it is i, I can't remember i know what med it is yeah cholesterol med um and it's like, but that's not because his cholesterol is all that high. Like, if he yeah. were taking a cholesterol med for his cholesterol, we need to talk to our doctor about abusive prescribing. Right. Um, because his cholesterol is nowhere near bad enough to warrant medication. Right. So it's like, okay, interesting. This is fun. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. like weird home chemistry. Right. Um, but done through a doctor's office, like the doctor is like, okay, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's a little wild, a little out there, a little old. I had to talk to someone older than me to figure it out. Because right. I yeah, think he, he recently did. changed them. He's like, well, we need to change. Why don't we change this and change this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Well, give me a minute. Da -da -da -da. Yes, that works. But no. Then he goes to treat something totally different. Okay. And it fixes the other problem that that has the component in it, the visodilator component, 
that is also yeah. an arm stimulant component that fixed the neuropathy. Yeah. Yeah, you got like it's kind of weird right now you're using like even side effects of things that you went on for something entirely different. Uh huh. And it's like, by the way, strangely enough, that seems to be fixing this. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's because it has a, you know, um, um, ah, my brain just lost it. Um, Oh, I keep wanting to say decongestant, but that's not the thing. It's it's um, anti-inflammatory right. action to it, right. and it's like, oh, great! So literally, what it's doing is making his the discs in his back right. less inflamed, so he's not getting the full neuropathy. It's like great, right. wonderful. Like right. this is the weirdest step ladder. Mm -hmm. Like just drawing the lines of like this is what like none of these are for what they say they are. Right. Like just nope, off label, off label, off label, off label, off label in combo with other things. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. Right. <laughs> off label, off label. <laughs> yeah, but what's even weirder is if we if he would put me on the standard American practice medication. Okay, oh, I would be out of bed. We've done that. Yeah, you've talked about how bad that one would be, and because effectively it amounts to to treat your RA, you need chemo. Yeah, and it's like, no, I ain't got time for that. No. No. Like, well, and for you specifically, that doesn't work. Right. Your option three, um, mm -hmm. and the one that caused you to have so many problems mm -hmm. in the first place was the combination of, of the multiple levels of, of degenerative discs mm -hmm. in your back with the RA mm -hmm. was there the immediate fear of multiple doctor's offices that what you were going to show up and immediately ask for is pain management. Right. Like bring on the opioids. Right. And you're like, I want to get out of bed. Thank you. I do not want opioids at all. Well, exactly. Like you, they they don't do. Yes, they knock out your pain. In much the same way that getting hit in the head with a sledgehammer mm -hmm. would knock out your pain. Mm -hmm. It's just not very beneficial. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. You know. Avoid like, you being know. knocked unconscious. Right. Avoid being knocked unconscious. Avoid dulling my senses. Like, well, yeah, I don't know. I operate on my sixth sense, so no, we can't be dulling any of that. Nope. Yeah. If he's looping, loopy and drooling in a corner, he's of no use to the psychic field. No. No. And, you know, so it's a very hard thing to explain to doctors. We do not change my medicine unless we look at the chemical compounds and understand that there is one word in there that says, uh, you know, that says anything about psychosis, um, dulling senses, not being you know, like I go on antibiotics, I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Pretty much every time. Right. I don't think I've seen you hit an antibiotic yet that didn't knock you. Right. Like, I mean, Benadryl, he just kind of laughs at. Yeah. Benadryl will draw you. You'll get a clean house. You'll get everything done. And I'll still feel like shit. Mm hmm. Does nothing for him. Right. 
but hand him a sack of antibiotics and he is out. All right, guys, let's take a break and we'll be back. Awesome. We'll be talking about the follies occurring in the Senate across the country. At least two. Oh, joy. We'll start with West Virginia. Yes, we'll start with West Virginia. Hi, I'm Dottie the Psychic, and I'm sure you're wondering why I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to try to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyVan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the high priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing. That is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, balms, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one -on -one session with me, or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. All right. All right. Welcome back. Let's start with you know, let's start here at home in the mountain state. 
Oh, yes. Randolph Whoa, County. County, you're on call. Yes, Randolph County Senator removed from Senate chamber. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, this comes to us from WBOI. Uh, so a West Virginia state senator was removed from the Senate chamber on Friday. According to the West Virginia Senate clerk, Senator Robert Carnes, R. Uh, Randolph, was removed just after noon. Um, so Senate President Pro Temp uh, Donna Boyle, uh, or Bully, excuse me, R. Pleasance, moved to remove Carnes from the chamber after a disruption during a vote on SB 3542. Now, I'm struggling to figure out which bill this is because I think we're getting one of those articles that just kind of lightly covers a major event but doesn't explain why it's an event. This one is kind of crazy. Um, okay. Okay. Well, because I look up 3542... Mm-hmm. And I want to double check. I got the right number, uh, 3542. And it says expiring funds to the Department of Administration, Board of Risk and Insurance Management, Public Entity Insurance Trust Fund. Right. And I'm like, what? Yeah. He disturbed the Senate when they weren't even voting on a bill. They were trying to move money from one trust fund to another trust fund. Ah. So he, but he was protesting a separate bill. Okay. Now this is, this is, we need to take a moment here and take a look at the full picture of the Senate. The Senate of West Virginia has been attacking rights across the state. They want to ban trans children from getting medical treatment um of any form they want yes. to um ban drag queens and force them you know not to be around children we must you know protect the children right mm-hmm. yeah however they can't even pass a simple bill restricting the age of marriage to the age of 18. you cannot buy cigarettes at 18. you cannot drink in the state at 18. yes okay currently in this world we live in but you can commit and go and get married at 18. hey Devin, well, you, darling well let's see there's a few things going on here currently in west virginia you can get married as young as 16 mm-hmm. in west virginia with parental consent anyone younger than that also must get a judge's waiver right so it really doesn't set a floor right um, but Cabell County Democratic Senator Mike uh, uh, Wolfel, an attorney, said he represented a girl who got both married and divorced mm-hmm. when she was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade. grade. Eighth grade. Yeah, we are. We just have not been scheduling. I've got to get the scheduling and calendar done this week get everything up but the shows will be on even if they're not pre-scheduled we've had some issues with pre-scheduling shows we're going to be working that out i think that we're going to have to take an emily d baker move here um and we'll talk about that in a little bit into the show okay yeah now there's there's some interesting quotes in in the uh child marriage article real quick yes 
So Senator Mike Stewart, a formal, former federal prosecutor, said he supports the age of 16 to marry. Stewart said his parents, 50 years later, are, quote, uh, giddy teenagers um, who were married at the age of 16. Putnam County Republican Senator Eric Tarr said he got married in high school but understands problems need to be addressed in the bill. Quote, knowing what it means to be two mature high school students in love and getting married and creating a life together, that's a family born and a family that stays together, Tar said. I think every one of us in this chamber values that and understands that. Okay, see, here's the problem. I don't give a shit if two 16-year-olds are getting married. Mm-hmm. I don't care if a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old or a 16 and an 18-year-old or hell, I'll even go as low as like 15 and 18. Right. Like, I, I'm good with that. I can follow that. I can understand that. I think we could figure that out. Maybe it's not the best life choice. Maybe it'll end in divorce. Maybe it'll end in tears. Maybe it'll end in 50 plus years and going strong. No one knows. That's not anyone's problem. Right. It really truly isn't. The problem is when you're talking about the ability for a judge to say, hi, 65-year-old groomer pedophile, you want to marry this 12-year-old? Well, okay, as long as the parents consent, I guess I'll sign this paper. Right. Literally in West Virginia, that can happen. Mm -hmm. A 12-year-old, a 65-year-old, there's no limit. Other than a judge has to sign a waiver and go, okay. Like, maybe it's the judge's golfing partner. I don't know. You'd hope a judge would have more sense, but. Well, again, you know, it has to do with. Well, you know, we talked about this. There is a judge. There was a judge in state counties that. All you had to do was invite him over for drinks and you can get things took care of. Mm-hmm. Happens a lot. Now it's created mm-hmm. problems throughout the century, but happened a lot in West Virginia. Do I think that he was the only judge that that could ever occur with? No. no. Do I think that we have a problem when Republicans want to restrict alternate, you know, farming arts, wants to restrict medical care for our children? doesn't want to increase the food benefit for our children when one in six in West Virginia are going hungry, but want to scream, but the children, and now wants to marry them off as soon as possible. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I like, okay, so you're telling me the state of West Virginia, your our Republican leadership feels that going to a drag queen story hour is harmful and detrimental to children. We're in a room with a man dressed up as a character who is performing as a character mm-hmm. that is stereotypically female, mm-hmm. like a princess, mm-hmm. but is keeping to that character, right. not some weird, lewd, obscene thing, right. but just doing a character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inappropriate and harmful to children. Right. But we don't have a problem with the fact that in West Virginia, 
a 65 year old and a 12 year old could get married as long as a judge signs off on it right a 65 year old and an eight year old could get married as long as a judge signs off of it yeah because that that's what these articles are telling us there is no limit except we rely entirely on the good graces mm -hmm. and intelligence and the good decision making of a okay. judge to say no yeah not happening today victor now i'm not accusing judges in the state of being incapable of doing that i'm just saying that seems like a low bar right that like why would you even start to put a judge in this position to decide that right that's that's a hefty power to right. to decide the fate of and as has happened an eighth grader so a 14 year old if i remember my my ages correctly um, that would be a 14-year-old, I do believe. Eighth grade? 14 or 13? Give me a minute. Okay. Sorry, you got to keep in mind I graduated high school at 17 because I have a July birthday. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I think about 13 it... 13 to 14-year-old. Yeah. So 13 to 14-year-old, eighth grader, can can get married and divorced while still in the eighth grade right like think about that that's a lot like getting married seems like a lot for someone who's 13 to 14. Mm -hmm. getting divorced on top of that right like you turn 13 you get married by the time you're 14 you're divorced right what the hell right what the hell Oh, thank you, Shannon. Shannon pointed out 13. Yeah, 13. I, She's already on her first marriage. You know, already on her second Barely on her first period. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but we're the, but the drag queens are the groomers. Really, I think oh, it's yeah. more that our Republican senators are our groomers in this state. Just lock them out a lot. Yeah, really? All right. Like, so moving on to even more illustrious senators... Oh, yeah, it gets better. Yeah, um, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this comes this from one of our clients, it. actually. Um, so mega lawmaker censored for calling fatal child abuse a, quote, benefit to society. Oh, strap in. This is a fun one. And not in a good way. Uh, so Re Representative David Eastman is a diehard Trump supporter with ties to the Oath Keepers and a history of making controversial statements. Oh, it's hard to imagine a Republican politician. This, by the way, comes to us from Rolling Stone. It's hard to imagine a Republican politician saying something so abhorrent that the party would actually discipline them for it. The GOP has tolerated, if not condoned, white nationalism, calling for violence against political opponents, an attempt to overthrow the democratic process, and fabricating an entire backstory to con voters in a swing district. The party, at least in Alaska, in, in Alaska, seems to have drawn a line at touting the benefits of children dying from rampant abuse, with the state house voting 35 to 1. I want to know who the one was on Wednesday to censure uh, Representative David Eastman. For doing just that during a committee hearing on Monday, Eastman cast the Eastman. Of course, he didn't vote for it. 
Uh, Eastman casting the lone dissenting vote. Uh, in, quote, in the case where child abuse is fatal, obviously it's not good for the child, but it's actually a benefit to society because there aren't needs for government services and whatnot over the whole course of the child's life, Eastman yeah. said during the hearing on Monday. Eastman was asked to clarify, talking do quote, talking dollars, he said, adding that, quote, it gets argued periodically that it's actually a cost savings because the child is not going to need any of these government services that they might otherwise be entitled to receive, end quote. And needs based on growing up in this type of environment. I mean, okay, let's, yeah, I know, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, I'm there. Um, but here's the thing. This is one of those moments. Mr. Eastman, are you technically dollar and cents correct? Yes, you are. Why in the hell would you ever say that out loud? Why, given the opportunity to think more about the more morality of what you just said, the, the, the non-dollar and cents cost of this, would you not take that opportunity? Because you got it like twice. In the same conversation. Three times because I'm looking at an interview. Okay. Yeah. So it was probably closer to three times. Yeah. You got multiple opportunities to, to go, you know, I understand what I said what was, was inappropriate. That I unfortunately got bogged down in the numbers. And did not mean... To, to suggest that it was good that children died. Um, like, that, that, like, I don't know how a decent human being having this, like, repeatedly shown to them could have skipped that part. Mm -hmm. Like, explain that to me. I, like, and I love the comparison that was made about it's along the same lines of if you hit someone with your car, throw it in reverse and make sure you kill them because it's cheaper for your insurance if they're dead than if they keep living. Technically true. Not something you want to do. Not advised. No insurance agent will advise you of that. Never. I'm going to give him a moment of a Twitter view. Okay. Did he make a Twitter statement? Oh, 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 oh I am sure he did not. Well, he's talking to, uh, you know, reporters. Yeah. But, oh, I didn't say that. Really? It's on your fucking video camera. We have video proof. Yeah, we, we like, there, there is, there's very much video. Oh, so Eastman has been censured before, too. The Alaska State House, then controlled by Democrats, voted in 2017 
to rebuke Eastman for telling multiple news outlets that some women get pregnant on purpose so they can travel to a big city. Quote, we have folks who try to get pregnant in this state so that they can get a free trip to the city, and we have folks who want to carry their baby past the point of being able to have an abortion in this state so that they can have a free trip to Seattle, he told the uh, Associated Press. Quote, you have individuals who are in villages and are glad to be pregnant so that they can have an abortion because there's a free trip to Anchorage involved, he later told Alaska Public Media. I'm sorry, what? What? Explain it to me like I'm five, because I do not think that has ever, ever happened. Like, mm. so how's Twitter looking? I'm going through it. He has not made comment on this. Um. He has called the FBI the organized crime division. He has still preaching anti-vax. He's still a COVID denier. Oh, yeah. Well, he also lashed out at Democrats this week for criticizing his position that children dying from abuse is a good thing, arguing that he could, quote, never support child abuse when I've staked my entire political career arguing for the opposite. Eastman described abortion as the ultimate form of child abuse in a 2017 resolution. Like, it's... He hurts my head. He hurts my head. He hurts my head. I'm sure most people that he deals with get headaches. Mm -hmm. Like, Excedrin, if you're looking for someone to sponsor... At least give out free samples during any moment he speaks. Well, here's the thing, and this is what when we have people that make these statements and they're censored, I think they need to be more than censored. I think they should have to. Well, and I, I've got a few things going on here in my head lately. Okay. About our government. Mm-hmm. Both West Virginia, Arkansas, and Alaska. One, if you have ties to a hate group, you should be removed from office. You should be removed from office. The Oath Keepers should be declared a hate group, and they should remove all members from office immediately and call for a new vote from the from that district. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like his district would far benefit. Yeah. From, from... Right. Don't know what you were thinking voting for this dude? Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets dude. Right. Like, the, the, like, this is a Senator bro. Right. Okay. Let's just all gather around that. Senator bro. Uh, Senator bro here needs to, to go. Yeah. Just go home. Please go home. Please don't talk to anyone on the way there. Yeah. Please stay at home when you get there. Right. Please try to avoid talking to anyone until at a nice, comfortable point in your life where you no longer have a pulse of natural causes. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not wishing you dead. I'm not, like, encouraging that. Right. I'm just saying, just don't talk to anyone for the rest of your natural life. Yeah, and apparently he can't form a sentence because all he does is retreat a lot, which I know is common. Yeah, it, it's just... Yeah. Ooh, it's interesting. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine. Yeah, I cannot imagine this. Okay, I cannot imagine the brainchild here that creates this bullshit. All right, so back to West Virginia. This is not on the news media, but this is something that's been aggravating me for a little while now. Oh, I'd say mm-hmm. two months. Okay. You know the story, so you don't need an article on it. You know okay. that Jim Justice is now treating the faucet care system like he's taxes? Oh, yeah, that's been a fun one that is actually directly affecting someone we know. Yes. Um, who's there. actually been vocal in the news and quoted. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, the so there's a payment system debacle going mm-hmm. on in the state of West Virginia that controls the payments for foster uh, parents, mm-hmm. which... Because the state wants to be really clear about the fact this is not income. Mm-hmm. This is a reimbursement. Mm-hmm. Um, and hi, I'm sorry. It's kind of income. Sure. Because one, kids aren't aren't cheap. Two, it's West Virginia. Have you seen our job market? Mm-hmm. And three, have you seen how much the cost of everything has gone up over the last few years? Right. I don't think there's that many people fostering children in the state of West Virginia who don't really need the money. Right. Like, this is not an abused program. This is not a program I wish it extended and and probably should Mm -hmm. um, to to many more families Mm -hmm. throughout the state because, quite frankly, I don't know how in the hell... Mm -hmm. Most people in the state have a family right. on what they make it work. Right. Like it's it, like if you've got one kid, I applaud you. I don't know how the hell you're making that work, mm-hmm. let alone two or three or more. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous that everything has gotten to this point. Right. So yeah. That said, so this system is now failing. They well, they're in the process of converting it to a new software. So the software, um, for instance, was supposed to have paid out checks on February 5th, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that is its normal date that, that you know, the, the recipient gets a check. Um, that didn't occur. Mm-hmm. Um, they have since called. Um, turns out it's not an uncommon thing. But somewhere in this process, the children were wiped out of the system. Yeah, wiped out of the system. Like they the lost no children in their system. At least as far as benefit payment. Um, apparently, the good news is at least DHHR still knows that they need Medicaid. No, there are children that got wiped out of their insurance. Also, yes, there are. But for the specific person we know, yay, the kids have Medicaid. Mm-hmm. They haven't lost that. For the moment 
Yeah. But no, they're having to recreate records all the way back to the initial like moment the child was taken. Right. And and try to go back to original intervening agencies to get those records. Right. And it's like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, this would almost be funny. Right. Like, you... (laughs) I don't want to say that I sit here in a naive world that says that this never happens to any child anywhere ever. Right. I'm sure that it does, and I'm sure that it is a horrible situation when it does. Right. But you're doing it in mass? Yeah. Like, you are repetitively failing and losing these kids just trying to pay the foster parents right do i even want to know what happens like how do you even find some of these kids Mm -hmm. if they're not with like foster parents that sit here and go hi hello right this child needs money and insurance right um versus a foster parent who doesn't do that yeah or uh, uh, another agency that that is taking care of these children in the interim till they can find a foster home, hopefully. Um, what happens if that one just forgets to ask? Right. Do you just lose the child entirely? Yeah. As in the state does, like, oh, we forgot you existed. Just. Right. Oops. And instead of addressing that issue in our Senate and our House and in our legislature, right, we're we're talking about bills to ban children from being around drag queens, mm-hmm. and trying to, I'm sorry, not increase the marrying marrying age to 18. Mm-hmm. Is is that yeah? Yeah, and we are also you know cutting the you know the you know ready to implement sb bill 679 will immediately uphold the requirements of senate bill 6 which mandates updates of legislation rules regarding behavioral health license including uh, foster care group homes yeah well shannon points out their social workers should have physical files but that's if their social worker does their stuff like they're supposed to and that's assuming that those social workers even have time to go back and double check. And to find the files. If you have 78 cases, and we're talking if a child goes into foster care at, say, age 3, and they stay in foster care to age 18, that paper file should be about this thick. Two or three binders worth of paper. Potentially, work. yes. Try 58 of those in an office and going, oh, you didn't get your check. Oh, you know, let me find out where you are. Let me find out who you are. Yeah, that's got to be the scariest sentence any of these foster parents are ever here. Heaven forbid these are kids that are, you know, in process to be reunited. Because mm-hmm. that is supposed to be part of the goal, if it's possible. Right. To reunite. Can you imagine from either side of this calling DHHR and hearing who? Right. I don't have a record of that child. I don't have a record of that child. I I can't even imagine hearing that on the phone. Right. I don't know who you're talking about. We have no record of that child. 
my brain would explode. Um, there was a TikTok. like I would end up arrested. I like to be really serious for a yeah. second. I would be arrested in that moment because the things that I would say and do, right, would be bad. So back during Christmas, there was a TikTok account that was telling true stories of foster care. One of them mm-hmm. was blow my mind. Like they they got a kid in from foster care. They wanted to have the sibling over for Christmas because they were also in foster care. The worker didn't want the the supervisor didn't want the your reunitement of the siblings. Um, so one of the kids was in one home, one of the kids was in another home, and so they finally let it happen the day before Christmas. The foster parent went and rushed and bought Christmas presents for this additional child, um, because you know they felt it was unfair that you know. They would basically get toiletries from the department for Christmas presents, um, and then have the child for an additional three weeks. Oops! Someone forgot to pick them up. Forgot to pick them up. Didn't know where they were for three weeks. This is what is going on in our foster care system. We have children <laughs> in juvenile detention because they don't have homes for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have. Foster care workers managing 78 kids. Where they are, what they're doing, what their medical care is, where all this is. And they can't even pay the checks for the families to take care of them. Well, and more importantly, at 78 kids, how? How do you manage 78 kids? Yeah. How are you, because aren't most of these social worker visits... Like if you if you're talking seventy eight active cases, right? Not okay. We've placed you. You're you're now in a like a continuous situation. Like we're comfortable with your foster parent. Mm-hmm. This is going to be an online uh, like right. ongoing. Or you've been adopted like by your foster parent. Mm-hmm. Like it's a long term situation. We don't feel like we have to come visit you all the time. Like we feel confident. Right. If you're talking about seventy eight active cases. Right. In which a child has recently, like right. as recently as the last six months to a year, right. been pulled from their home, right, and is at some stage right. of parental rights termination. Parents are right. incarcerated and or seeking treatment and or dead, right. Um, and you know you're in a temporary foster placement for the moment, right. And you need psych services, medical evaluations, nutrition evaluations, educational evaluations, mental health evaluations Mm -hmm. um, to see what damage has been done to you. Right. Out of the situation you came out of. Right. How? Right. How does one social worker have 78 of these? Yeah. I mean, because I'm assuming you're not working Saturdays and Sundays. Right. You're work, you can only so, work 40 hours for the state. They don't pay overtime. First, well, okay, let's forget um, the, the overtime. Like you, I figure most social workers in the state, like 40 hours is a joke. Right. That's what they get paid for. Right. Um, but Devin, in that story, no, the, fo- the, the foster family actually called the social worker, and the social worker had no clue who they were talking about, where the child was. Who the child was. Yeah, that's well. Now I think actually in our friend's situation, was it not that this their original social worker had left? 
They had to go and, back to the, uh, the 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 case that we know personally. They had to go back to the adoption agency and get the records and send the records to the department of to the DHRR because they didn't have them. Luckily, the adoption agency had the original official records. Granted, they have the other records that they have luckily kept. <clears throat> but this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Okay. We don't want anyone reading to our children. We want to marry our children as fast as we can find old men to do that. And then the people that open their homes and their hearts to children to take them in when they have been abandoned, abused, whatever, neglected. Mm -hmm. We don't want to pay for that child's care when they are a ward of the state. Or, you know, this is the deal they made. And then in this state, what gets my bluff even worse is we are cutting benefits of feeding children. While we sit on $1.2 million of a rainy day fund. Yeah. Well, and moreover in this situation, cause now it's not like, okay, so the first check was supposed to go out to them like February 5th. Um, we are now up to March 10th. So not only have they not gotten the February 5th check, they have not gotten a March 5th check. Uh-huh. Um, and no one's getting rich doing this. And guess can, what? Can they're prepare? also not getting their health care. Yeah. Okay. So if you have a child on ADH medication, which I don't know, let's take one. Oh, Literally. that's a whole disaster in and of itself right now on top of that. Right. Like, God help you if you're on ADHD medication right now. It's a flipping nightmare. But yes. Let's, you know, we'll go with even an off brand. Um, Glyphosinium. Copy. Oh, good RX. We are nice to have you around here. Average prescription is twice a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. The average, the cheapest price you can get. And this is, you would have to, let's say, switch pharmacies. Mm -hmm. Okay. In our local area is $237. Mm -hmm. Okay. In your contract, you say you will be sure that the child follows medical recommendations. Right. So even if you got your check, you're now spending $200 because the child no longer has insurance Yeah. or you didn't get your check and they don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. So like you're double Dan. Right. Because now they don't have insurance, therefore cash out of pocket and you're not getting reimbursed for anything right now. Right. Granted, supposedly now I will add this. Um, supposedly originally what the, the, the families were told is they were not going to be reimbursed for any of the expenses caused by the, the delayed checks that has since changed. Mm-hmm. The only problem with that is it is a state reimbursement. So it takes 60 to 90 days after the, these parents submit all of their losses, mm-hmm. all of, all of the incurred expenses because they did not receive this, these funds, um, 60 to 90 days. More importantly, that's additional money. And for some of these families, it's a lot of additional money. Right. 
because quite frankly, we were already talking about a national demographic, Mm -hmm. not, not even a West Virginia demographic, a Mm -hmm. national demographic that the, the, the majority of families cannot afford a $400 emergency. Right. Let alone anything bigger than that. They cannot afford a $400 emergency. You have failed to pay these checks for two months right? at this point. Yeah. We're well past a $400 emergency. Yeah. We're, we're talking about people's powers getting shut off. People's vehicles are getting repossessed. Right. Like they're not able to buy meds, do anything for themselves. Uh, you know, the clothes the children need. You know, if you have a five or six year old, if you think you're getting clothes for more than a week. Last... And the, the, the horror reality, mm-hmm. the horror reality is effectively some of these kids were pulled out of situations mm-hmm. of, you know, not just abuse, but more importantly, neglect. Mm-hmm. Part of that neglect was most likely not having electricity, not having food to eat, mm-hmm. not, you know, having health care, not being properly treated for their, their right. medical needs. And right now, the state is sitting here because right. of a systems glitch. Right. Putting families, foster families, people who legitimately signed up because they're adults. Right. And they can handle this shit. Right. Because I can I can do this. Right. Being financially forced into a position where it's like, with what? Right. Like, you know, okay, can my check be a few days late? That's fine. I can handle that. Right. A month? Mm, okay, that's a lot for me to take on, but I can maybe make that work. Right. And, and now, see- this is the problem and this is a bigger problem throughout the state we're now gotten to the point that it's the foster care families that are suffering before this it was the workers in the foster care that was the step before the children get pulled out they send in services they've been known to go 90 to 180 days without a paycheck yeah well i think some of that is the long-term effect of this like these are the survivors yeah. So these are either your best employees or your very worst employees that are left. Right. Either these are the employees that that were like, you know what, I, I you know, in my heart of hearts, mm-hmm. will do whatever I can to protect these children. Right. And I'll live without food and shelter and everything else to make sure that happens. Or I'll drop everything on a credit me- card, you know, and wait my 90 right. days, you know. Yeah. That's the good employees. Yeah. And then you have someone who is willing to work for an a, for an agency, a, a government agency, mm-hmm. at least long enough while they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. And then they'll up and quit whenever. Right. Because this was the only person that the agency could hire. Exactly. Okay. Like everyone so, else went. Mm-hmm. First, well, they weren't paying the people that try to prevent children from going into foster care. Now they're not now, and the foster care system in itself is so labor barren that you know they well, have children in job. freaking juvenile hall. They have mm-hmm. children in psych wards that don't need to be in any of these places because there's nowhere else to put them. Because there's nowhere else to put them. Now, 
never should it be said that this is a great and wonderful job that everyone should be interested in. Right. It's a horrible job. No one wants to be a child social worker. Right. It's a horrible job. Like, you think teaching's bad? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Try being a social worker. I cannot imagine the, the like, teachers deal with a percentage of their students that right. they know are going home to bad situations. Mm -hmm. And eventually, many of those teachers catch on to how bad the situation right. is. They're for most social workers at the point in which they become an active long-standing case right there's not one of those kids right that that might be going home to a bad situation or might have problems at home right. oh it's bad yeah it's just bad right and it just gets worse than right. bad right it's the stuff of nightmares depression emotional breakdown and inability to continue doing the job right bad right this is why we have a shortage of child social workers because the crap they see There's is trauma good. just trauma. pure trauma pure trauma so anyhow so now they've now you know big jim they're rolling around in his you know caddy refusing to live in the governor's office because it's, you know, the governor's mansion because it's too low class for him. Refusing to pay his taxes is now refusing to pay for our state, i.e. us, our children. Yeah. I, well, and I'm just sitting here going, how can you not just cut a check? Fuck where the money comes from. Yeah. Fuck where the money comes from. We're not talking about 3,000 families. This is roughly, what, 300? Mm-hmm. 300 families pick up a goddamn phone uh-huh call someone go how much just how much yeah write them checks today we'll deposit see. it today i don't care how they get the money right load it up on a visa card for all i give a shit no we're not going to go back and change it if they finally get a check from us in six months i don't care they deserved it they earned it yeah, right. they can reimburse the expenses that we incurred for them too. Right. But get the kids the services and the support and the food and the all Whatever the things they, they need. Point blank. And be done with and, it. And you know, I'm took back back into stories because I wasn't there back into the 1940s and 50s. If you were on cash assistance or whatever, you had to make your little way over to wherever the welfare office was wherever the social the social service office was and they would have to hand you out the exact amount of whatever they didn't give you a check mm -hmm. they would give you cash why is it that we are so technologically advanced that i can receive payment within minutes from dublin ireland from all around the world but the state of fucking west virginia can't write a damn check yeah, which is one of the oldest financial instruments next to cash. Right. Like, literally, I mean, it's right there. It's kind of like salt, gold, cash. Sugar. Check. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, in the age progression. Right. Like, so we're not asking the state, state to Venmo anyone. You want to give your uh, Republicans and, you know, 
your congressmen and your senators, drop them a phone call. Yes. Send them an email and remind them that, you know, wards of the state means that they are within the control of the state. And it's their job as parents of these children, because they are now government employees, state employees. So that makes them in charge of these children to pay their bills. Yeah. All right, let's well, ensure that they, they are cared for. Yes. Instead of being plunging these families, because I'm sorry. Right. There, there's a reality here to consider. West Virginia is not a highly lucrative state to live in. Right. Like, let's just all admit that our median income is bullshit. Right. Um, and, and that's about how far it goes. Right. Our median income right. is to the level of bullshit. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it's the fact that someone was willing to take on the struggle to begin with sure. is enough for me. If they say they didn't get paid and they can produce a bank statement that shows they didn't get paid, mm-hmm. cut them a check. Mm-hmm. Worry about it later. Right. Care about it later. Right why it didn't happen, how it didn't happen, what you need to do to make sure it happens in the future. I don't care. Write mm-hmm. them a check. Right. Get it done. Right. How hard is this? Right. Do you really want to plunge this state that already has a problem placing children in foster care mm-hmm. into a position where <laughs> potentially people decide not to do foster care mm-hmm. because they cannot honestly in their heart Mm -hmm. look at their finances and go but what if i don't get money from the state for months at a time right like i i i would be just potentially as bad Mm -hmm. as some of the situations these kids are leaving not because i want to be not because i feel like you know i don't care about this child or i you whatever but because I'm literally in a financial rock in a hard place of, I don't have it. No. Like you really want that to be a concern potential foster parents have. Right. And, and why they are who your legislators are, your house of delegates, all that. I just posted the link that has their emails and their phone numbers. Feel free to use them at any time. They're very good at receiving emails. They're wonderful at leaving you on place now. Yes. Yes. And some of them calling you back. Yes. So be nice because they check their own voicemail in West Virginia. We found that out. Yes. I got a little mad about our street project and I called our local representative. And Mm -hmm. I thought, and I really shouldn't have, but I thought my phone call would be taken down by some secretary that was just going to write it on a piece of paper and go, yep, we'll file that over here. Mm Mm-hmm. I, in late one afternoon, got a phone call from our representative who had checked her own voicemail uh-huh. and had called me mm-hmm. and was very concerned because of the level of anger that I expressed in her, in, in, to her voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very concerned right. uh, about both me and the situation right. and, um, more concerned about how angry I sounded. Right. 
and I I got very embarrassed. So, dude, well, Dr. Staggers should you should have just told her who your husband was. Well, Margaret Staggers was great. She really was. She was. She yes, was. Dr. Quite Staggers wonderful. is wonderful. Yes. Um, and you know, I worked with her. She's seen me lose my shit before. She should have said, <laughs> "Oh, okay, yeah, I know who you." Are. I'm sure when you gave her the address, she should have went. I'm sure she went. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know who I'm dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it was just a moment for me because it was like me and my big mouth. Because I was mad. I was quite mad that day. And for good reason, she even agreed mm -hmm. that, like, you know, my and my anger was not with her. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did finally have to express to her was my anger right. was not with her. Mm -hmm. It was this situation. And my God, can someone please do something about this? This is ridiculous. Right. So, yes. Yes. But, but um, it is what it is. I'm just so tired of hearing for the children, but they don't do nothing for the children. They don't even pay children's bills. All right, guys, let's take a commercial break. When we'll come back, we'll be finding out who's the asshole this week and poly relationship advice. There we go. Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight, some of the best psychics in West Virginia, to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On The Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. 
Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site, right for a quick answer question. All right, guys, back to the show. Enjoy. All right. Yes. All right. So let's start out with, are you an asshole? All right. Am I the asshole for not helping my wife with the kids when she wanted to keep them home from daycare and I have to work? So my wife and I have two kids, one who is a bit over two years old and another that is five months old. I work Monday to Friday, nine to five from home, occasionally go into the office my wife is on maternity leave and taking care of the five-month-old. I take care of the baby for overnight wakings and feedings. The two-year-old is in daycare. Whether I send my kid to daycare one day or five days a week for one hour or eight, it costs the same. My wife likes to pick up our toddler from daycare around 3.15 every day instead of letting me go when I finish work because she doesn't want our kid to be there so much during the day. The problem is I am left watching the baby for the 45 minutes while she is gone, and then for the hour that she is taking care of both of them, she gets overwhelmed, stressed, very annoyed at me and our kids. It's just not great overall. Every day my wife tells me that she is exhausted, she has no time for herself. She doesn't get things done that she needs to. She's overwhelmed, just wants to relax when the baby naps, etc. I try to help out with the baby during the day when I can, like feeding and putting him down during my lunch break. I just try to be available throughout the day if my wife needs me. Anyways, on to the main point of this post. Last night, my wife tells me she wants to keep the toddler home from daycare today. I told her that I didn't think it was a good idea. How was she going to feed and put the baby down for a nap while taking care of toddler? She already gets stressed and overwhelmed just looking after the baby. Why put herself through more stress? I told her that I could not take the day off of work and she would be alone taking care of both kids. She said she really wanted to spend time with both kids and felt like she doesn't see our toddler enough. Fine, no problem. If she wants to do this, it is up to her. I reiterated that I would not be around to help. Cut to this morning. I got up at midnight and 4 a.m. to take care of the baby. I get both kids ready and made breakfast for everyone. I start work, and sure enough, 20 minutes after I started, I hear my wife trying to tell our toddler that she just needs to go in the other room to put the baby down for a nap. Of course, the toddler doesn't want to leave her side. 
toddler starts crying, I can hear my wife getting frustrated. Wife finally leaves to put baby down and comes back. She now has to juggle going back and forth, trying to settle the baby by putting the pacifier back in. We are starting some sleep training. And toddler who wants all of her attention. Finally, baby gets settled. Wife is obviously stressed and tired, and it's 9.45 a.m. She comes into my office where I am working and asks, did I not hear her struggling? Why did I not come and help? Am I the asshole for telling my wife, I told you so, that I said I would not be around to help, and this is what you get, that she should have let me bring our toddler to daycare? Well, I'm gonna let you plead your case. Okay. Um, I'm I'm starting to think we're probably gonna agree on this one. I'm going with not the asshole. Okay. I now I think the way you said it was very assholeish. Mm-hmm. Like the way it was said, very assholeish. I think your original like intent here, mm-hmm. not the asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're both trying to, to juggle mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. um, with, you know, a two-year-old and a five-month-old. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone calls that not a lot. Right. Um, so with that, I, I, I think your wife is also having this moment mm-hmm. of trying to figure out what being a good parent is for her Mm -hmm. versus what everyone else is saying makes a good parent. Okay, I'll see you there. But I also, in my viewpoint, see the struggle he is having. And this is a struggle we have all the time. We have it with people. We have it Mm -hmm. with different um, arrangements, different things going on in the home, is everyone sees us at home all the time. Which is cute. That's not reality. That's not reality. Okay? People see like, us, uh, you know, uh, I hear often, well, we, you know, you know, I've got to go to my real job. Okay. Okay. And like, I've that's cute. make that statement in this house multiple times. You can do that, but I can't take part in it because I'm more at work. And you're just in the other room. No, I'm at work. I'm literally... <laughs> that room doesn't exist in my house plan. Yeah. Um, and so do I think he's an asshole for setting that boundary? No. Do I think that he's doing a lot for a father? Yes. Do I think that the wife needs to get with the clue? Yes. He told her he wouldn't be there. Yeah. I am not physically there. Right. Well, and moreover, that like very clearly and not hatefully, rudely in the beginning said like, hi, I'm working from home. Mm -hmm. If you want to keep the toddler home today because that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Right. I can't help today. Right. You're on your own. Right. It would make more sense for you to focus on the baby mm-hmm. 
let the toddler go to daycare. Right. And then the fact that she walks in at 945 and goes, what the fuck is your problem? Didn't you hear me struggling? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not connected to this house. Please try again later. Maybe at 5.01 p.m. Right. You can try me at lunch. Mm -hmm. But you need to check with the five-year-old because I've got lunch with her plans. Mm. Well, five-month-old. Okay. Yeah, the five-month-old and I have lunch plans. Yes. Um, so you can have, see how that works for you. But well, no, I I do think the ultimate moment uh, at the very, very, very end right. of, you know, she, am I the asshole for telling my wife, I told you so? No. Well, you it's didn't win any asshole. points with anyone on that one. Well, no, I'm sorry, not the <laughs> asshole. If I not the asshole, you, but... I'm working till seven. I cannot handle getting you up at exactly 6.15 because I'm working yeah. till 7. What do you do? Set an alarm. Set an alarm. He is being... Well, and it works. It, yeah. That, that kind of works both ways around here is I do my best. Uh-huh. You know, I, but I've point blank had to tell you before I hope you're setting an alarm. Yeah. Because um, we actually had to do that today. You want it up at noon. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's cute. Yeah. I'll get you up as soon as I get home because I have a massage therapy appointment from 11 a.m. till noon. noon. Yeah. In Beckley. All right. Of course, that done us a lot of good. Okay. Because, you know, I've got to get in my mind that no, eight hours sleep is required. True. But what I'm saying is, is, you know, we have this problem. A lot because we work from home. We run multi-global yeah. group groups at the moment, um, and you know, there's been times of you know. Here's an example. Here is an example of things that occur in this household that is the same situation. We have the three-year-old Gizmo. Yes, his room is right beside my office. Like I have my office. He's on the other side, off camera. That's his room. The Invisible feeds him every night. Oh, yeah, his wording needs a lot. Right. But still, point valid. Yeah. So, he gets fed. The Invisible assistant goes and feeds him. Granted, yes, I'm right here. But he's eating in his nursery. Um... I'm not responsible for that. Right. You know, this hardworking dad has told this this wife of his, I pay for daycare at 5 p.m. I'm doing everything I can to help you here. You're making it harder. Yeah. Like, I, and everything that truly, you know, like I'm doing the midnight feeding and the 4 a.m. feeding. I'm taking, you know, the the daycare eligible child, the toddler, to daycare. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing everything I can to kind of lighten the load here, mm-hmm. and you're thwarting that at every turn. And I understand, like, and I can at least, and I think he does too, mm-hmm. understand your theory. 
Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't feel like, you know, like, I don't want strangers watching my kid all this much. They're still at a really young age, and I want to be making memories with them. And all the books say, and everyone says, and, you well, know, so I don't want to be an absentee Spock parent. Beat her over the head with it. Uh, you know, um, like, can, hi, can we just point out the number of, like, you know, like, the, the fact, the fact that since we started to walk away... Mm-hmm. From the idea mm-hmm. of stay-at-home mom, 24-hour child care machine, mm-hmm. the number mm-hmm. of women with postpartum depression, mm-hmm. the number of suicidal women, mm-hmm. the number of homicidal women, mm-hmm. and the number of women who drive a station wagon, minivan, or other vehicle into a lake. Mm-hmm dropped a lot right but the other side of this and the more important side of this is dealing with an understanding Mm -hmm. that no you can't do 300 things at once and you need to understand your limits and i'm providing you help yes and more importantly maybe you're just not a baby mom maybe you're not a toddler mom Mm -hmm maybe you're not going to be a really great mom like you're you're going to be bare bones basics okay yeah. and that's okay mm-hmm. you can be a bare bones basics mom right. until whatever age you're a good mom for right that might be the teenage years where your husband's ready to kill them and you're like okay i hear you let's work through this right and you're just smooth sailing cool teenage mom like i got this and that lasts until they get to college and suddenly you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Well, that's when you have to become the friend mom. I don't well, know. No. Like, this is a theory of my sister's and it's actually backed up in, in you know, other things anecdotally. Right. Is there are parents for certain ages and right. some parents are like very limited. Like they're baby moms, they're right. they're baby dads. They can do babies all day right. long. Babies are easy. They got right. no problem with babies. Right. And then everyone else is sitting here going, "Please make it shut up." Right. It's just like, oh, this is going to be the longest like five years of my life. Right. And then some of those parents, the minute that child turns five, they're like, "I, right. I got nothing." Right. I'm useless. I have no skills as a parent. I am bare bones basics. Right. I will wake you up, get you to school, make sure you're fed. There's a roof over your head and the power stays on. I got nothing else. I will throw, throw pizza at you till you turn 18. Right. You know, it's like, I don't really know well children from age eight to age 13. Sorry. I'm not that take them to baseball, take them to basketball. I love going and watching it, but I cannot deal with that no word. When I say go do your homework, no, fine, you're going to move bricks in the backyard, get to it. Fair enough. No, well, and I think there's there's an age, like, in their camp, and some people are just versatile and they can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um. For me, I, the, the weird thing I found is I do okay with teenagers. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't like me as a teenager, okay? I didn't like other teenagers when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. I can't even say I like teenagers now. Yeah. Um, But somehow, uh-huh. 
I tend to have an ability to talk to teenagers. I know. And I'm like, babies. I can handle a baby all day long, midnight feeding, no big deal. Throw them on my stomach, off to sleep they go, no big deal. I I'm can... like, can I do it? Do I want to? Those are two different things. Like, can I do it? Yes, I can. Do I want to do it? No, I do not. Yes. Nope. So this is also why, you know, the three times I've been offered children, I've said no. I'd rather have them on four legs and furry so I can at least put them in their in their nest when they need to go to, to, to go be quiet for a little bit. What? You want them between what and what? I prefer them furry so I can send and them on to four their legs. Nest. Yeah, and okay. four legs. There enough because I was sitting there for a second. Like, you're putting children in cages. What in the Trump administration dealing with children at the border are you talking about? Because yeah, that's the thing that happened. Uh huh. Yes, he was born an old accountant. Yes, I was. Like, I, I want you to realize when uh, one of my exes, and this is, I was still, what's that? Okay. If I wasn't 19, I was turning like 20. Mm -hmm. One of my exes literally said, you act and dress like a 40-year-old accountant. Mm -hmm. I took it as a compliment, and then I got taken to Old Navy. Uh because I needed help. Yes. So there's my life story. Right. But anyhow. But no, you do act like a 40-year-old accountant. We were talking about rates and fees and different things. And, you know, the baristas will get kind of a paragraph on this later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just starts spouting numbers off at me. And I'm like, I cannot. I need paper, pen, a calculator, and, you know, a divisional sheet. All right. So we got a question. Let's take the question, and then we'll move into poly relationship advice. By the way, the polls are open. You get to vote on whether... This dad and Joe is an asshole or not. I'm not the asshole. The OP is. All, All right. right so go. Devin's question. Uh-huh. All right. So Devin, 31678. My ex saw my grown daughter while she was working the drive through And after exchanging pleasantries, he told her to be good to her mother. Like, why say that? I feel like it's because he feel like he has parental guilt there. So he's trying to push for you to have a good relationship to be nice to you. It's one of those weird things. I also think that, you know, this one isn't fully evolved, fully got his head together. Do you think it was more of those take care of your mother? Like, I fucked up. Please don't fuck up. Right. Okay. All right, so on to Polly advice. All right, help how to deal with capacity limits. Hey, y'all, I really would appreciate some input on this. I'm a bit at loss. I've been an um, ethical non-monogamous for a few years, and I am in a poly relationship for quite some time now. Anyhow, I'm wondering how y'all deal with not over committing. So far, it somehow was never a problem for me as I'm never actively dating or looking for partners and I'm also somewhere on the demi spectrum. Recently, however, 
Within a few months, I had genuine connections with more people than I can and want to sustainably handle. I've tried to find good input on this, but somehow people do not talk about this much or I'm just blind. So now I'm wondering on many levels how I should go about this. The new connection I had lives in another city a few hours away though we will probably see each other again in a few months through mutual interest. The issue is that I already have a lot of very close long-distance friendships and a long-distance relationship, so I really feel like I cannot handle any more of those, logistically, emotionally, resource-wise, etc. But at the same time, it also feels very sad to just not be able to get to know this person better and instead to just let it be, as this feels very artificial to me and not like I authentically live our connection, because I am just naturally curious about people, specifically those that I have a connection with. We got to know each other during a very intensive workshop weekend, I'm pretty sure there is mutual interest to get to know each other better, and we are both poly. So far, we have been speech uh, memoing over the past few days, and I'm so torn about this. And I know the longer I let it just develop, the harder I make it for everyone. Thanks for reading this rambling post. In a way, it is about this, this specific person, but in a way is also about the general matter of how to deal with these situations. So any advice or insight is appreciated. I am just seriously at a loss at this point and would really need some polyam input as my mono friends are really not helpful even though they try. <sighs> Planners and color pens. This is how Google you deal with calendar it. and multiple calendars for everything and everybody. You know, I think that's part of it, but I think it is also understanding that sometimes mm -hmm. you really have to look at like what your commitments are. Mm -hmm. Is this doable? Mm -hmm. What are both of you looking for? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that doesn't have to be as intense as you may sure. think to still be sure. a wonderful, beautiful, beneficial relationship for both of you. Right. Um, that, that, you know, we can all be realistic here that, right. like, you cannot live 1,200 miles apart right. and have dinner every night. No. Well, actually, unless you involve you know, Skype. The bill can be expensive. Hey, you know what? Pay for the, the, the uh, uh, business plan. Yeah. You know, just whatever. But no, there there's some ways around it, but you do have to be like you cannot physically right. one location have dinner every night together. Right. Twelve hundred miles apart, you can't do it. Right. Um, but but um you you can work things out, you can sometimes leave relationships in a pause. Mm -hmm. Like you can still continue to get to know each other, you can still spend time with each other. Mm -hmm. And try to work towards a point mm -hmm. where you're either more, you know, in proximity to each other, because mm -hmm. shit changes all the time. And, you know, there's kind of that when there's a will, there's a way. 
Right. Um, like if you're interested enough, you'll start finding opportunities and ways mm -hmm. to move the pieces. Or, you know, you'll split your life and go, okay, I live in two houses now, so I need two of these, and two of these, and two of these, and two of these, and well, I like theirs better, so I'll buy one here too. And Brenda says, time management books and planner classes from Asen and digital calendar classes from Joe. Yeah. Um, that's an option. Um, I think I want to comment on this one in multiple ways. Okay, go for it. Um, because one is planning, it's communication, it's understanding time and delineation, and you know, living, looking. You know, the question is capability. Yeah. All right. So if you're working seventy hours a week, your your you know your partner. We won't say primary. We'll say your main partner. You have a standing two dates a week with. You, you know, you have a nesting partner that you see every night, but they also have other partners going on there. Um, and you have this, this thing going on where you have this comment that comes in every Thursday or every Tuesday or every Wednesday. That's all planning and booking and scheduling. It is managing like anything else you manage. People look at me and go, I don't know how you do all this. And I'm like, it's not hard. Have you seen that? You have the same 24 hours a day that I have. You have the same amount of need for sleep as I have. You have the same amount to plan as I have. You also have the same ability to communicate and color code and make it clear that, sorry, I'm busy Wednesday night. I was standing Wednesday night thing. I was standing Thursday night thing. I was standing Wednesday afternoon thing. It isn't hard to manage multiple things and multiple relationships. It does, however, take you. The, it takes you the ability to have forethought and planning. If you are dating someone long distance, then you've got to plan. You've got to know that on average, the minimum amount of visitational, physical connection needed is at least once a month to maintain that connection. Mm -hmm. Okay. If not, then you have to overlay that with other things, with a b amount of communication. Yeah. Yeah. I, which, fair. Um... <laughs> Shannon says, hey, hey, hey. All I said was, that sounds exhausting. I don't have that kind of energy. Well, Shannon, you already do this. Shannon has, I believe, four kids living in her household, three or four. She has one that's into this. She has one that's doing this. She has one that has new friends. She's also doing a hundred other things. Mm -hmm. Shannon's already time managing herself in relationships that aren't even hers to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three. Three, three kids. kids. Okay. Three kids, three different activities. You're already time managing it. Mm -hmm. Is it easy? Yeah. A little bit of planning. You got it under control. Is it exhausting? Not if you're doing it right. Well, and, and it can still be a lot, and it can still feel a little exhausting. Don't, don't, I don't downsell that part. Yeah. It's not like we wake up every morning like I have so much energy. Mm -hmm. Like by the grace of God and coffee, do we right. haul you out of bed most days? Well, um, today was a day of hauling my ass out of bed. During the show, I figured out why, but there it is. 
Well, you know, it's fine, but I'm just trying Aww, to say. Aw, Shannon's going to go camping next month. Aw. In April. Aww. In April, you're going camping. Hopefully, it's not in West Virginia. If so, pack your rain gear now. More importantly, if you're going camping in April in West Virginia, just take everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to tell you to take. Like, go right. from it's a hot summer, 90 degree day, all the way down to negative 20. Pack everything. Oh, it's in Pennsylvania. I, not better, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah well, plus Shannon's. It's colder there. Yes. Yeah, well, and yeah, Shannon's currently technically in a long distance relationship. So yeah, there's a there's a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the communication is a big part of it. I and right. I think one of the biggest parts of that communication, especially in the beginning, is what right. are you really looking for? Right. Like what are you looking for long term? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for and is acceptable right now? Mm-hmm. And then, can you build the bridge? Right. Ooh, Shannon gets to dress up in medieval outfits and watch people sword fight. Ooh, sounds like yes. a great time. Live steel or fake steel? Live steel is more entertaining, but not many people do it anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine long-distance relationships he can't annoy me so bad from mexico oops call dropped those international lines i know they're very terrible they're horrible it's horrible like oh my god i mean the west like just within west virginia the lines are horrible at times right especially with cell phones I mean, I just don't know how many tunnels there are between here and Princeton, but I've driven through most of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm teasing. Oh, it's uh, live action role play. Foam covers stuff so they don't chop off appendages. Why not? Because it's supposed to be fun it is it's never fun when someone has to go to the er debatable i mean look you know william the eighth was had a lovely time at the jousting and ain't this some shit isn't it the uh, and using gps in west virginia is spotty it's horrible sometimes like if nothing else use your google forget your apple maps and um yeah who the hell buys a garmin for west virginia and or continues that update subscription for their cars onboard nav don't do it it's not worth it it doesn't work like not in west virginia other areas go for it do it enjoy it's wonderful i'm sure um west virginia we have no idea where you are But yes, so Shannon also says, uh, LOL, yeah, Devin, it's really fun if you put in the address and it takes you to another town. Mm -hmm. You have that problem with the address here if you use the wrong one. Yep. 
because technically what is it our house has four or five addresses four currently okay well that's four house numbers right okay so this house has four house numbers mm -hmm. and plug in an extension after our road name right Avenue call street. it a street call it a road call it a way call it a boulevard call it whatever you want yeah it doesn't matter really mm -hmm. except yeah the technical best one is street no it's avenue this year oh it's avenue this year according to the sign of the street they replace it, it is considered an avenue oh but that's never worked i understand that it is still Delta Route 5. And then it's a game of which house number. Right. Like, and that's the reality of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and we're not joking. Like, come here. Like, you'll hear these stories over and over. Right. It's um, like, we know people that in order to get, uh, what is it? I, I think it was FedEx or UPS or something. They like have to give a whole different address. Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't hear this story. This is one of my clients, actually. Yep. She has to use a totally different address mm -hmm. to get FedEx to her door. I think right. it's FedEx or UPS one. Anyway, if she tells them their legitimate on the house address, the one that's on the box that the mail comes mm -hmm. to, they will mark her package undeliverable and return it. Right. She uses this weirdo random address that is like right. a neighbor, like five houses over. They come right to her door. Right. And she's like, this is a thing. This is just the thing. This is what we do. Right. Yes. Oh, Brenda points out ways worked better than my aunt's GPS and her expensive SUV. Mm hmm. Okay, here's the thing with that, Brenda, and here's what's going on with that, and I've experienced that. It doesn't matter how cheap or expensive that car is. If it has onboard navigation, two things are happening. Right. The update that you get includes two components. One is a map update. Right. One is a correction for satellite drift. Those are the two components that come in your navigation updates uh, to your car that right. cost you, like you get one free in the life of your car, and then they usually make you pay 100, 200, some odd dollars to update it thereafter. Right. What happens is with that drift, you, you really start to get calibration issues. Right. Because it's not getting constant data adjustment. The reason that Waze and Google Maps and whatever else you want to use, the reason they do better is because they're constantly getting more up-to-date information. Mm -hmm. Well, what's Welcome scary is, you know, um, we now have had semis go down our road. And we're like, you're using Yahoo Maps. <sighs> oh, well, or Google Maps. Yeah. That's that's the worst one because Google will catch on to new roads faster, mm -hmm. even if that is not an appropriate route. Right. Like Google just says you can go that way. It doesn't tell you whether you should go that right. way. Like I feel uh, very strongly about the Camp Creek exit in Mercer County. Mm -hmm. Needs a warning sign. 
not for truckers. Mm -hmm. Because what will happen is they will be trying to take what is effectively a back route to my hometown in Princeton mm -hmm. from exit uh, from the Camp Creek exit. Mm -hmm. And um, let, let's talk about that road for just a second. Mm -hmm. Have y'all ever watched Lassie? And you know some of those shit roads that, that Timmy's mom used to drive on when, when he did stupid shit and Lassie had to come back and get her? And she is perilously, perilously driving this damn Ford truck. I believe it's a Ford truck. Anyway, driving it through like death and destruction to try to get to him. Mm -hmm. That's this road. And they are trying to put an 18-wheeler on it. Mm -hmm. It has a rock outcrop on it. Right. That that is a struggle for tall trucks, as in like your jacked up F-250s. Mm -hmm. to, they have to swing out around. You're trying to get a box truck through it. Right. No. You don't want to watch these bastards have to back up through hairpin turns Yeah. to get out. Well, it's like 61 should be made non-trucker. It is not 18-wheeler accessible. Oh, God, no. Especially that one turn, you know, the one that Johnny Cash died in. Yep. That's not one you want to whoop. Like, mm -mm, you don't have the clearance to ooh, around that truck. You're going to roll that uh, uh, trailer. Oh, they have repetitively. Mm -hmm. You got to roll it. Oh, All right. So Brenda wants to add on. I know, but the price and brand of her SUV was her bragging point of how right it was until we were facing a dirt road going into the trees. Told her, I don't think the hospital is in there. <laughs> they don't hide hospitals. Generally speaking, no. Um, no, I my first introduction to how bad uh, GPS nav drift was, was actually my nephew got a really nice used, but really, really nice, um jeep compass i think is what it was um it, and it was it was really really nice and anyway we turned on gps for part of the drive and it was so weird because it kept showing the, where we were driving mm -hmm. and the road and it never could figure out like it thought we were off-roading the whole way mm -hmm. And this was a major interstate. This was uh, 77, mm -hmm. 74, 77, one of the two, and it may have been both. But it was just hilarious watching it mm -hmm. just 40, 50 feet off right. the whole way. Right. Shannon says, yeah, I get yelled at by people that their GPS doesn't work. And my immediate reaction is, it's West Virginia. Does it work in other states? Yep. 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 All righty. All righty. Well, guys, so. Where's that poll? Let's find that poll. Well, unfortunately, you have been declared not the asshole this week for <laughs> making sure that your child is taken care of. Even though your wife is fucking the issue. 
There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Well, we will see you back tomorrow. Not tomorrow. We're going to see you back on Sunday at 8 p.m. for Psychic of the Friends. <laughs> tomorrow at 3 p.m. My, you know, pain of Hobby Lobby say, uh, hall will be dropping. Uh, and you'll be seeing some new things going on in the planning side of Psychic of the Friends. So with that, y'all, you have a great evening, and take it away, Vanna. All right, so of course we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yes. And with that, y'all, you guys have a great night. Bye, y'all. Bye.